0: What's up guys? Back again, Savon and I are back recording an episode, but today we've got a guest that we are very fortunate to have on the podcast uh, as he's en route traveling back to hometown.
1: We have MD Motivator, Zach Daranowski. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing amazing. James Savon, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited. I appreciate, appreciate you. Being, appreciate you being here.
0: Hey, so let's um, I mean, you've got a large following. Right, you got you got some big purpose and the content that you put out. But um, give us an elevator pitch. For, who is MD Motivated? Who is Zach? What what do you do? What do you
1: stand for? <laughs> Just jumping jumping right out of there. Okay, um, who am I? That's a question that I guess is a question that I guess I, I don't have an answer to. That I I probably ask myself that daily. Um, what makes me happy? Who am I? um my name is Zach I can just give a quick synopsis of who I am like where I got to here today um James has probably heard this before because I know James from a company in the past um so my name is Zach I'm originally from Windsor Ontario Canada um I failed out of college I got into medical school and went in medical school a lot of things happen which we can dive into um, to a breaking point where I felt extremely alone. And one of the things I was told was to um, journal my thoughts or let my thoughts out um, on paper. And I did that on TikTok um, and became friends with another other medical professional online. And we started a clothing company. And really, I guess, through that journey of now quitting medical school, which we can maybe dive into, and I was from Sydney um, to now is my mission is to make emotions and feelings cool. That's probably like the most simplistic way of saying it. And there's a lot of avenues and ways I'm trying to go about that. And I'm on a journey, I guess now, um, an uncertain journey, not a, a linear road like uh, higher education can bring you, um, but really excited and looking forward to each day. Uh, so, yeah. And this decision to quit medical school is about, four weeks ago so this is actually the first time really talking about it so I don't have like a right answer for you guys so <laughs> I apologize it doesn't like come out right there's no proper way it's just it's raw and uh, it's new to me still. Yeah sounds like you're just on the journey
0: just on the journey but um, so we appreciate you being here. Um, Savon you want to you got anything you want to start with?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, and honestly, obviously, thank you for, for joining us today, Zach, and, and being so uh, comfortable to just, just be transparent. But that even point of what you made uh, about not having the right thing to say, there, there is no right thing to say, right? And I feel that that falls in line with, with your mission to make emotions and make feelings and make transparent feelings be cool again is because over, who knows when it's really happening, but People kind of fell into this tendency where certain motions are okay to transmit and other ones we we hide and we, we we stash away. So what I'd like to dive into, so long as you're comfortable with it, is what brought you to the the most recent decision to change paths a bit and and leave medical school? Cause I imagine that wasn't a, you know, a necessarily easy decision or a decision you took very lightly. So how did you arrive at that?
1: Yeah, that wasn't an easy or rash decision at all. So January 2020 is when I started medical school at the University of Sydney. And when I started medical school, a lot of things really fell into place. So first, medical school was challenging. Second, I went through a six-year relationship breakup with um, a girlfriend, which I identified as my source of happiness. I had ACL knee surgery, so I couldn't work out or play sports like I used to. Um, I said, I think I said medical school is hard already. And just a bunch of these things were coming in from all different directions essentially got me to like a breaking point. And it was, I was running in the middle of downtown and it was the middle of the day. And I was just hysterically crying seeing these busy people walking past me. And I recognized I'm not okay. It wasn't until that like epiphany uh, of recognizing in the street that I'm not okay. And then after I sought support, I started, I guess, advocating for mental health because I've always believed in mental health. I just didn't think it would impact me or people that are like strong or that, like I wouldn't think it would be something that I would ever have to deal with. And it was through that experience that I guess I've become much more intuitive and self-aware, whether it's through trying to live as much in the present or meditate or just ask myself questions. Who is Zachary? What makes me happy? And recognizing, am I actually doing what I want or am I following my ego? And like I said, when I first started this conversation, um, I failed out of college when I was 18, I was kicked out of my house and I essentially did everything to prove them wrong to like be at a point where I could be like, ah, college dropout made to medical school academically proved them wrong. But throughout that time, I was essentially just doubting my own capabilities and putting my blinders on. And I let the ego drive me to a, to a route that I didn't want to go to. And it wasn't until I took those blinders off because of COVID and being home alone and now going through mental health and like trying to cope with that, recognizing this is an amazing path, but this isn't my calling. And it wasn't really something easy to come to terms with because medicine, like any, I guess, um, higher academic standard is like you go on like this conveyor belt almost like of like you get on in high school or college or pre-med or MCAT or med school and debt and time and investment and all these things, you're just getting higher and higher on the conveyor belt. If you want to jump off, you can't. And people who jump off, don't talk about it. So I, I guess vulnerable (laughs) as could be um, jumped off it. Um, And it wasn't an easy decision. It was one that probably took six or seven months actually to make. And after I click the button of like cancel, um, (laughs) I've never been more looking forward to the future and feeling like this weight or this burden was off my shoulders because now I have the next 40, 50 years of me again to pave me again in whatever direction that goes. Um, And that doesn't anything against being a doctor, because I think that's an incredible, one of the most incredible careers you could have. But finding out that wasn't for me, um, even at this stage, was a blessing because there's still so much of life left to live. So that's kind of my answer. I don't know if that (laughs) went on a
2: tangent. Right. That's another thing. There are no tangents. Oftentimes the tangent is where the actual purpose lies in even communicating something. Uh, because then we can kind of start to get deeper into our, our our psyche and our subconscious to really, like, damn, meander, find out, oh, well, that's actually what I needed to get off my chest. But kudos to you for 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 taking, whether it was self-imposed, the, the, the kind of time to slow down or, or otherwise, because to your point, that conveyor belt, you know, it's not just med school, but there are so many areas in life. And once we kind of sign up, it's like, oh, well. I guess this is, this is what I am going to do when there's no out. And that idea of like the sunk cost fallacy. So, hey man, you had that realization and now as you said, you, you have so much time in front of you to be able to realign yourself. And, um, and a question I had is just curious about you acknowledging that part of it may have been driven by this desire to prove some people wrong who doubted you in the past. Yeah. Do you what steps did you take to feel that you were able to move past that and, and, and one identify that that may have been a driving force behind your initial decision to go to med school? Yeah. But then to
1: to let that go as well. Yeah. So a few things first and foremost, like I'm talking like drive to the max. So like I called my dean when I was 18 after I failed out of freshman thinking I was going to convince him. And he said, Zachary college isn't right for you. And I'll never forget that phone call and going downstairs to my parents and them like saying, move out." And like, I framed my first freshman year transcripts and put them by my bed and in my bathroom. So every like night and morning, I see that that was the reminder. It wasn't med school or, or becoming a doctor. It was like, this is what you did to yourself. You need to get your shit straight kind of vibe. And it wasn't until I got into medical school and then not only like proved them wrong, but through proving them wrong, found my own self belief that I was capable. Like I said, once I recognized I was capable and like there, um, one of my driving factors was my ex-girlfriend, like her belief in me was probably bigger than myself. So like she drove me. And then once I lost that belief, I lost proving them wrong because I was there. It was more so, is this right? You're just left with what you've created. And it was in that moment, essentially, like I said, it wasn't even the first few months because it wasn't until like when I went for that run, when I had that like epiphany, epiphany, but like the realization and things started to fall into place. Like, is this even right? Am I, am I, what am I doing this for? And just questioning, questioning, questioning all throughout probably the end of 2020 and it wasn't until 2021 when I was like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should do something different. Or maybe, maybe I, and I quit medical school is like the wrong wording. It just sounds very harsh. It was like, I found that wasn't my passion. and pivoting away. And one of my good friends used this amazing analogy and he's like picking a career, finding what you want to do in life is like going to Baskin Robbins and trying sample ice cream. Um, You can try like 10. No, listen, you can try like 10 different samples and like seven or eight of them are good. But there's that one that's great. And you don't know which one's the great one or the best one unless you try a lot. And that's the one thing I wish that I did. And a lot of people did from a younger age is try as many things as you can as early as you can, because that's truly the only way to find what's right for you and to find your purpose.
0: Yeah, so you know that, that you don't want to be on the on the path of, of being a medical practitioner. Yeah. So I mean, what at
1: this point right now, what what sets your soul on fire? Um, yeah, honestly, the the best thing that happened to me when I was in Australia was I guess connecting with strangers and using the power of the internet to change people's lives. I think we live in a time right now where the internet can fuel any of your dreams, any of aspirations you have in almost instantaneously. And I wanna use, I have like a platform now, but I just see this as like the start uh, the power of people and the world we live in with COVID and the lack of kindness and the isolation and the divide and the segregation to bring some glimpse of hope um, to those individuals that I do help but more so hopefully the people that see the videos that I'll never be able to see. Um, That's kind of where I see myself right now. Um, That, that sets me on fire and the uncertainty of it all too. like, to film the social experiments. I don't go there with a script. It's just like, you never know who you're going to see, what story you're going to run into. Like the not knowing excites me Um, because I've been so type A my whole life and giving this side a chance is, giving me life, giving me oxygen.
0: When you talk about, can you explain for anyone
1: that doesn't know what you mean by the social experiences experiments? Yeah. So when I was in Sydney, Australia, um, we would go on the street, <laughs> go on the streets, not so bad. Um, and I would videotape with one of my good friends, Fabio, shout um, out Um, And essentially I just have conversations with strangers and hear their stories. And, whether it was through giving $20 or a gift or whatever, whatever it was, the goal wasn't to give the money or the gift, but the goal is when you, when I gave something or showed some act of kindness, it opened like this door for them to reciprocate, whether it was kindness or vulnerability to create that conversation, whatever they wanted to talk about. And I wanted to hear their story. And so like, we essentially there's two different people, one Jacob, he was 30, 30 years old, and oh, yeah. a girl named Rose, who was 19. Yeah. But overnight, we raised, I think, seven, seven thousand for Jacob. And we got him an apartment, we got him a job, we got him out of his abusive, abusive relationship. We got him a set of friends and essentially allowed him to get back on his feet. And the same goes for Rose in her own in her own way, but I know so many people like I'm going back home to Canada right now to my family for the next probably three or four months. And I'm blessed to have that in my life. A lot of people don't have that. And when you don't have that and you have nothing to fall back on, it's easy to fall down a hole. So if I can not me personally, but allow the community that I have to help people get out of that hole, then, um, I feel like, um, that's good. I mean, I mean that's good. Like, like I've learned that like the most like selfless acts is actually the most selfish acts. Um, it's addictive. It's the most rewarding thing is helping other people. And we get so caught up in like bettering ourselves, which you should always prioritize you. Um, that we forget that any, anything we do for other people feels better for ourselves. Um, yeah. Someone talk. Cause I'm just ranting.
2: There's no <laughs> ranting here, man. It's there's all no tangent, way. but it was a rant. It was no tangent, it was a rant,
1: <laughs> Avon.
2: <laughs> now, with that, what what made you even obviously, you know, there's a history online of, of kind of, you know, man, woman in the street sort of thing, but was it another incident that just made compelled you with Fabrizi to go out and say, yo, let's, 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 let's get these experiments running. Let's because yeah. obviously. Maybe not, obviously. Seems like they're, that's like a, a pretty significant, hey, let's just go do this random thing, but then yeah. commit to it and wind up putting somebody in a home mm-hmm. and just taking it all the way there. So how did that even get going?
1: Yeah, so I grew up following speaking on like mental health topics, whether it was depression, anxiety, social anxiety, whatever the topics were, like five signs or these are the signs, be aware, whatever it was, like the stuff you see on Instagram. Um And it was amazing to see that that was impacting people to raise awareness. But after a while, I'm like, raising awareness is great, but how come we can't just, like, actually impact people's lives, like, individually? Like, that was, like, more meaningful to me. And so we started, and that's what goes back to, like, emotions and feelings cool. What I'm really trying to do, um, it's probably not shown the best yet, but it will be in the next few months, is I'm trying to bring, like, if you fall, if you watched YouTube back in like 2014 to 2016, those like almost cringy fake social experiments, but make them mental health and like life changing together. So like I'm on like Omegle or wearing a Spider-Man costume or like whatever the, 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 the prank sort of like thing is, but like making a social experiment and more wholesome approach to it, um, to connect and change people. Um, and yeah, that's really what I want to do. And, and, and I don't know where that's going to lead me as well, man. So like, it's so new and like, I'm still in quarantine. So like, I haven't even really started that journey here in my hometown, but I got some really um, exciting ideas and I'm just excited to just see where it goes. Um, and if anyone's listening to this and they're questioning, like, are they on the right path? And they're afraid of like the doubt or the people judging them. fuck it. You, 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 we're all gonna die. Like we are all we're all, gonna, like, <laughs> we're all gonna go at some point. We're all human. I don't mean that in like a in that bad way. I just mean like life is so short and so precious to be living as cliche as it is with the what ifs. And if you have like a compelling idea or in it, your intuition is telling you something, I highly suggest you. Uh, look into it uh, while that opportunity still presents itself because you never know.
2: Quick follow-up on... Go ahead, Jax. No, go ahead. Come I was going to ask you because I was thinking about what you just said, the ice cream analogy, and then your own realization that, okay, I realized, I proved I could do this doctor thing, but fuck this shit.
1: How okay. do you... Swear, good, that's what I need to know. <laughs>
2: how would you recommend that somebody best identify when they have given something enough of a, a, a fair shot before they say, you know what, screw this. Or maybe, you know yeah. what, this is a good
1: flavor, but I, I want the great flavor. <clears throat> Let's try this next one. Damn, yeah, that's a great question. I don't have an answer for that. Uh, if I did, I probably wouldn't have been in medical school. Um, <laughs> that's the truth. Um, I don't know when it's too much. Like you've tried, but I feel like, as opposed to trying something for a short period of time, just try as many things as you can. Um, and maybe the quantity will be overwhelming. But yeah, I don't know, James. Do you have any ideas for that? That's a great question. I mean, I think I think it,
0: like everything, uh, I think it definitely takes some some messy radical action. I think that you are going to have to put yourself in a position that you're moving so fast that you fall on your face. Uh, But as far as going as deep as you've gone, where you went and committed to that and then pivoted like you're pivoting. Oh, I mean, I've done that, but I haven't done it like that. That's way deeper than I've ever gone and then pivoted. Like that's, I mean, we're talking undergrad, then we're talking, you know, apply MCAT and then we're talking getting into med school and then doing med school. I don't know, man. I think that uh, it requires a lot of focus, as I'm sure you obviously know, um, to get to where you've gotten. But I think also, you know, if you don't, if you don't give it a fair shake, if you go out and you pussyfoot, if you go out and you, you know, let's just let's just drop something in the bucket, let's half ass do this. I mean, are you really going to know if it's for you? Because I mean, as as silly as that little that little <laughs> metaphorical picture is, you know, when you're mining sitting there, sometimes you're one stroke away from hitting the diamonds and sometimes you're 5,000 you're never going to get to it. But yeah. do you really know? And unless you go out there and
1: you try, you don't. And, 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 and that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned is as bad as it may sound, it may burn you out. Try to say the yes to as many things as you can, not because of the yes, but where that yes may bring you that you'd have no idea that you could have had that connection through that. Um, that goes back to like what we save on with, with Sabon, like trying as many scoops because maybe I don't like this scoop, but I'm eating this scoop, and the guy beside me's having he's like ah oh, not that scoop. Go to the gelato shop next door, and you go to the next door, and you're like ah whatever. You went to the gelato store, right? You don't know what else. I don't know why we're staying on the ice cream. Thank you. All right, but yeah, you get the idea. Try as many things as you can as early as you can, and really give it a fair shot. That's the I think the the more the moral of the story. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: uh, let's talk about your, your following. How do you get to over a million on TikTok, over a couple hundred thousand on IG, 10,001 on, on YouTube? Can you talk to me about where
1: that started? 12,000.
0: 12,000.
1: Oh, oh, pardon me. Pardon me. <laughs> it, was, it was literally say, 48 hours ago. Yeah, hey, no, I'm kidding. I'm, just, I'm, I'm proud, right? Um, <laughs> I think social media, man, if you want to grow on social media in 2021, it's very simple. It's all about um, short form video, whether it's Instagram with its Reels, TikTok as a native feature, YouTube with the Shorts, even Snapchat with things Spotlight. So, first and foremost, getting comfortable in front of a camera. Secondly, um, trying out as many different styles of video that suit what you're trying to like get across in the content that you're trying to create, and. Once you find something that works, double down on that and create a series. So when I started MD Motivator on TikTok, essentially that's how I grew my platforms. Uh, When I had zero followers on TikTok, I found what works and I created a hundred part series, essentially doing this, sitting in my room, a hundred parts. But I grew like a million followers from that. And I have 2.3 million on that, essentially by just finding things that work and then running it into the ground and then pivoting. Uh, Jake and I are, James knows um, we would micro pivot. So you would never really like change too much. It'd just be a slight change. So I used to like point and say, here's five signs of anxiety. Next time it'd be like me doing a voiceover. Next time it'd be me running with Fabrizi saying the five, like the, 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 the content stayed the same, but you want to change the um, experience for the viewer, because although it may be high value, your person, your audience watching will be like, it's great, but it's just another one of those. Um, and that's the next thing is about, it's all about the attention and it's all about the watch time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it's important to pivot as well. So those are probably, and then the next thing is be consistent and be okay with putting yourself out there. Anyone with a following who may seem confident started with zero followers and they were just as afraid as you are to put themselves out there and be judged by their peers and friends and family. So go for it and you'd be surprised in 2021, how fast you can grow Um, if you're consistent and you have a, like a purpose for why you're doing what you're doing
0: on pulling on, pulling on the the thread of the
1: negative energy.
0: What does it look like for you with negative comments, with um, negative reactions, close family, friends, how do you handle that? Do you care about, um, you know, road 679 that's commenting with an AVI that has no picture? Do you care about mom saying that, Oh, this sucks.
1: Do you not care about either of them? Mom's a savage, Hey, eh? Okay. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, man, when I first started, when I first went viral, um, I remember going through, like, you scroll through the comments and there's a thousand or whatever, hundred or whatever there is, and you only stop when you see good job, thumbs up, heart, and you see, why are you doing this? Or do you suck? Or you're a loser. And you just stop and you're like, huh? And you get so focused on this one out of a thousand. And I guess that's us as humans. Maybe you guys want to dive into why we do that um but i used to hyper focus on that and like question it i would never like call them back out oh, but it would bother me I'd be like what's wrong with the content i'm creating why and just question it but now i actually don't read the comments i'll read the comments for the first like five ten minutes i post something i'll never go back um because there's if it brings me up it can bring me down and if i just let myself say like level-headed and i know the content i'm producing um like the, my my core like friends or family don't say anything bad about it, then it's good. Um, but if there's ever an issue, then yeah, of course, I'll look into it. Um, uh, so I think that's probably the best way. Uh, don't read too much into the conversation or the comments, the good or the bad. Um, stay level-headed. Easier said than done. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. No, but I think that's great advice, is literally do it and then walk away. You know, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it was Brad Pitt or some actor who says they literally never watch any film they ever do. They make the movie and then they just keep it moving because it can shake their confidence or it can make them doubt or question what they know that they do at an elite level. Um, And so I think that even though sometimes people will will, obviously there's caveats when you're first starting out engaging with the comments is a good thing just for the algorithm, you know, but (laughs) when it's fucking hundreds or thousands of shits, you know maybe it's a good time to then pivot, letting the system read through them joints if they need be, but uh, but to not let it swing you out of the way, not let it blow your sails in either direction.
1: Exactly.
0: How have, you seen, how have you seen your uh, your mental health impacted by the content that you put out? Maybe by the responses, maybe by the responses you get on the street, maybe by the people that that, that tag you in things, and things that then ask for medical advice. That like, how has your mental health been affected Um, And I know that it's probably, there's probably a long ass answer for that, but maybe there's pockets where it's been high lows. I I don't know. Can you speak on
1: that? Um, Super high at first when I went viral and like started growing, then slowly got lower and lower to like its lowest probably in like November, December of last year. Because honestly, bro, people just go my DMs and say, hey, I'm not doing good. And like the content I'm creating is mental health. I was going through a really shitty time. I felt alone. I didn't want anyone else to feel alone. So I would respond to people. I wasn't giving medical advice, but I was just like, Hey, what's going on? Like just having the conversation and opening that, that gateway. And then it was opening hundreds of them. And I was just getting so burnt out where I didn't even want to go to my social media because I knew I had to respond to X, Y, and Z because they were expecting a response. So once I was okay, what I'm saying with is not responding to like the average, I guess, DM and just, keep moving forward, then my mental health was good again. Um, so I haven't really had social media hasn't really impacted me since then. It was only when I was trying to like stretch myself too thin when I couldn't like perform as a medical student or even post to do life with like trying to respond to people, um, or feel like I had the answers. And oftentimes people weren't looking for answers. They just wanted to be heard. Um, I think there can be a lot to be said into that. Um, the importance of listening to people as well. So do you feel yeah. like the social
0: experiments that you're going down are, are giving, giving way to
1: an opportunity for them to be heard? Is that why you're so drawn mm-hmm. to doing this? I think they not just heard. I just know there's like immediate impact. Um, to I don't want to say what I'm doing because I don't want anyone to steal the idea. So I can't say the idea yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but, you're good. But you don't speak on
0: everything
1: that you're doing. Just yeah. Um, yes. I, I think there's more good in terms of the good that will happen for that person, people like banding together. And also feels really gratifying to help another individual. And also from a perspective of if I was 19 years old and going through something and the other person was 19 and their life changed, there's hope. Like that's the biggest thing is when you get down this hole, and it starts to get dark at the top, you feel like it's just like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm meant to be and feeling like stuck. And if you've ever felt stuck, uh, shout out to you. Cause I, I feel you, um, but I can promise you um, with the right support system around you and your ability to say, hey, I'm not doing okay. You don't need to go into full details. You don't need to say what's going on. Just spark something of a conversation. You'd be surprised at people who may be going through something similar or just the power of someone who can listen to you can have. So um, I have no idea where I'm going with this, but just speak up if you're going through something because you're not alone and legit, it changes your life. Save on. Talk to me, baby.
2: it's always a balance in that you know i don't want to jump in front of you know what james might ask you leave some space for but with that i feel it's a it it could pose a bit of a dichotomy seeing as how your platform is social media and you speak to mental health but also how notorious social media is wrecking people's mental health so have you noticed anything in particular that I would say other than just the outright toxicity that, that can exist there, but has that ever felt like a um, what's the right word for? Has it ever felt weird in any kind of way, knowing that your audience, you get them through social media, but for a lot of them, being on social media as a whole, maybe not you, but as a whole, is not good for them.
1: It's a double-edged sword, right? If they're there already, I'm not causing more damage. If anything, I'm helping like use their time more efficiently. Hopefully they see it that way. Um, But yeah, um, social media can be toxic. I didn't, I went into the DMs, but say it or not, every creator influencer, you not chase the numbers, but you expect certain numbers. And when your videos or things aren't performing or people around you are doing this and it's like, you start just judging. Am I good enough? Is this, this when it's just an algorithm. Right. And, and if, and if the end of the day, like, it takes like you to remind yourself, but like a video can have a million views or it can have a thousand views, but if it hit that one person and truly impacted that one person to make that change or reach out to that one person or their ex or their husband or whoever it is and help them through a time, you've done more than anything you could imagine. And I think there's a lot of power in social media, especially with if you put out good content and the ability for it to reach a larger audience than you ever would be able to in person. Um, so yes, and back to the other question, I guess maybe time management with like blocking off times and looking into like your watch time on your social media apps, on your phone, even though most of us avoid it, like looking at your, uh, your checking <laughs> and savings account. But um, I think it's very important to allocate that and how do you properly allocate it? Um, obviously you can set like, there's apps to like shut off like a certain amount of like social media day, but having an accountability partner, someone else saying, hey, yo, I want to use social media for 30 minutes a day. Join me for the next two weeks. Let's keep each other accountable. Um, Sort of like the gym or sort of like anything, right. To do goals and align with other people that are driven to do the same. So um, yeah, find a balance. Don't avoid it, but find a balance. Yeah.
2: I like it. I've definitely been on the, uh, the other extreme before where I avoid it. And part of that, just being in a way procrastination from the the using it as a tool side, you know, that's something James has been very helpful with over the years, uh, just because I had uh, initially just a weird relationship with social media and also just a privacy thing. And you said it's getting more comfortable with it, but I feel for a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners or people who just want to, as you said early on, use the internet to just be like diesel to their dreams there can be this this hurdle of this learning curve and there's so many different facets to it and definitely those numbers whether it's you get on youtube and you got four subscribers and you're kind of like damn nobody's even watching this video why am i even making this video yeah you know but obviously if you don't put the work in and living in the world that we do where so often things can't have these quasi immediate returns or uh impact when you don't see that uh, to not get discouraged on oneself and then go into a negative place that is literally only from the expectations that one has created in front of them rather than being present and just doing it and then withdrawing from the outcome, which is a very th- easy thing to say, you know, a nice quote, but it's much harder to do and practice it. Real time has to go into it. Real feelings, real thought, <laughs> real energy, real money goes into it.
1: And yeah. uh, Inch- shut yeah. Inch- Shout you guys are both in Atlanta. Shout out to the Atlanta rapper Russ, right? He he's a living, breathing example of that. I think he made music for like 10 years on SoundCloud, like 14 albums, and it was one song a decade later, and he popped and it just like his life changed forever, but he never stopped believing in himself. So I think self-belief and align finding that purpose early on, because if you have a purpose or something that's bigger than you, that's driving you to do something, it's much easier to continue when things are telling you or the numbers are telling you to stop. Um, So finding that, finding that gelato scoop, right? Um, (laughs) As early as you can in life. I think that's easier said than done, like you said, but that's, I think, a really uh, important takeaway that I wish maybe my 18 year old self would have taken. For sure.
2: Slightly different question. What would be your best recommendation for people in a similar position like you in terms of the uh, the community that they built, internet native? What would be your suggestion or how have you walked through this process without going into too much detail of how to leverage that in real life? Right. Because as we see these days, these platforms, boy, you're popping one day, the next you say the wrong thing. Gotcha. You know, and, and it's the baby. Prime example. So, do you have? Yeah. Have you you thought about that too much? You know, have you kind of created a contingency? Just what would be your your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, man. Like me and James actually had a call earlier this week, and that's kind of what I was figuring out: is like, how do I make this thing sustainable? It's great to give back and be kind, but like, how do I keep these lights on? How do I pay my bills? How do I move forward with me? Because if I'm not doing those things the videos or the wholesome content isn't sustainable. Right. So I've been, I guess, trying to figure out avenues to do that. Um, but I think the biggest thing you can do as a, a guy or a girl who's growing a following um, isn't to focus on the following itself. It's to focus on the emotional connection you have with the community you build um because that shit is priceless like we started a thing called mental health movement james was involved in that and it was this like ymm mhm community of like certain like people and just like diehards and people who support you and whether that's getting merch whether that's downloading an app whether that's trying a product not like using people but like i don't know what direction i'm just saying like help people and create impact and the good you put out in the world will come back to you in terms of um, that approach. Um, I don't really have an answer in terms of, I guess, monetization. I have a few ideas, but like they're very native. And like I just said, I, I moved back like 10 days ago. So I don't really want to say them. Um, maybe, cool. I can, maybe I can say one, maybe I'll say one.
2: No, no, no. You don't even got to get into it. It was more so the whole methodology or the mindset. I think you said it about yeah. the emotional connection. I was curious your thoughts just because it's as, as generous as the internet has been for the people creating things for folks and for people, you know, like I am and still today who find people through the internet who change my life drastically by the information they share, how they go about sharing it. But knowing at the end of the day, the internet is something that's beyond our control <laughs> and these platforms in particular. So I just wanted to, to just give some space yeah. to acknowledge that if people aren't thinking long-term about their relationship with the following they have thought or have built. And they're only worried about that next thousand followers, that next million followers. And they forget all about the people they've already impacted and and drawn in. uh, You know, then, then if something happened to that platform or the internet, then they may have a harder time staying tapped in with that community.
1: And that goes back to, yeah. So emotional connection and also diversifying your platforms so you're you made it on TikTok, but you need to diversify to instagram or youtube or whatever the other platforms are because at any day like last year there was a point when trump was going to ban TikTok. like an app can be gone tomorrow and whatever your following was it's gone so diversifying um your i guess not fan base but like your community across multiple platforms and really focusing on the emotional connection and never forget about the people that were the real ones from day one that believed in you before cloud or <laughs> like that really want. Yes. Yeah, so don't forget that. And do right by people.
0: On say one if I may, On that, uh, on that do right by people. And uh, don't forget about the day ones before you had cloud. I'm curious your thoughts on the, uh, the community and the support from other creators that are at your level? Okay, I'm not talking about someone has a thousand followers, you have 300,000, I'm not talking about that kind of support. The individuals that sit side by side with you that are looked at similarly to you, how's the support from the community in that space specifically in where you're at with more mental health awareness um, and and the doctors? I mean, the doctors,
1: the practitioners, et cetera. It's mixed, man. Like it's like any any space, right? Some people are proud of you. Some people don't want to give their secret sauce away, right? Like that's <laughs> that's the name of the game. But I think from like an, a creator standpoint, people are much more vulnerable if they know you're a creator and you've been doing it like for a year, two years. Like saying I'm burnt out or I don't want to do this anymore. I just need some time. Like 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 a lot of your favorite creators um, outside mental health, the ones that I know at least. Their life isn't what they show. And I know that's very obvious to say about social media, but like them just straight up saying it in some of these chats, I'm not gonna say any names, but like you'd be surprised. And like it's sad. It's sad because like it goes back to I think what we were saying with Savon with chasing the numbers, or the numbers aren't where they want them to be and always trying to go viral to be the next best thing. It's it's scary. Um, that, that is um, sometimes it's sole driver for some of these people. And when you lose that, they lose themselves and just being there for people and getting it. Um, but from like, I guess what you were saying from like a medical professional or Dr. Kojo or just like people that are like at a good, uh, I guess, um, following there's good and bad, just like anybody else.
0: Do you find yourself in a position where uh, there's people that, you know, you said it's a mix of good and bad. Um, are more people leaning
1: and giving to you in the community or are they taking from you? Uh, a good question. Um, I'm naturally very giving. So, like, if people ever ask me to, like, share their stuff in my story or even small phone like, or just for no, like, not, like, I don't know. I think maybe... Maybe I'm more giving. Um, I don't think a lot of people. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really into people's like their. I don't know their vibe. I just if it's a good thing to do and it doesn't hurt my, let do it. Like I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think too much into yeah. it. To be honest, there's no depth in my answer. To be honest, wow, so but, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to
0: be. It sounds like you know yeah. shoot from the hip, man. If it makes sense, if you want to support them, cool, do it. Yeah. If you don't, don't. That's exactly. Got it. Don't get exactly. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I
2: think a great case in point is your uh your being here today with us now. <laughs>
1: nah man, I, I'm really, really appreciative. And it was just nice to reconnect with James. We haven't really had a conversation like this in a while and to meet you, Seymour. So thank you guys. For sure. Thank you. Appreciate you being here.
0: Uh, I want to pull on I want to pull on the impact that uh that you and Jake primarily had with mental health movement. Um I know it started as one thing, it moved into another. Um, and now it's going a different direction, but uh, can you talk about the impact, like with the scholarships and everything that went down there? Because, you know, I wasn't involved post podcast launch, you know, got a few episodes out. and I wasn't involved in mental health movement, prioritizing some other things. But I mean, I know that you all went down the path of scholarships and whatnot. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit, the impact of that
1: had? Yeah, that was awesome. I think that goes back to like what I was saying before when I was posting videos to raise awareness. And now I'm trying to like create videos to make impact. That was the same thing with Jake and I with mental health movement. Um, we had merch. we were doing the podcast, but like, how can we like directly create impact in people's lives? And we both had a decent following at the time. And one of our good friends and shout out Nikhil, he works for bold, which is, uh, helps with student scholarships. Um, and he, we contacted myself and we set up a a mental health movement scholarship alongside a bold where we gave four students, uh, a thousand dollars each. And then we actually just did that again. So we've given $8,000, um, to students, um, Also, we've given over $10,000 away to uh, nonprofits for mental health um, over the year um, through the selling of merch. So like being able to, like I said, help individuals um, through the power of the internet is amazing. And it was just through a friend, Nikhil, um, friends with him when he started TikTok, um, early 2020, and he just started getting a job at Bold, the scholarship place. He's like, you guys are perfect. How would you like to get, how would you like to be on board and be part of the scholarship? And we love to. So um, anything that can create impact, Jake and I were behind. Um, And that was just fortunately another way to do so.
2: What was the process like in terms of applying? How did y'all decide who? Yeah, that's a very good
1: question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we gave four away twice um, for the first. So they were both, both sets were awarded to high school or college students in the U.S. who have personally struggled with mental health or someone really close to them. who It's impacted their lives. Um, and they would have to write a 300-word essay. And there was, I think, over like 10,000 applicants or something. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> ridiculous like a crazy a crazy number and fortunately the good people of bold were able to narrow it down to the the 100 finalists and then Jake and I went through 50 and 50 and then we chose 10 and then we chose five then we chose one um so that was kind of like the process of how it went but I was definitely blown away by the amount of people that I, that wrote essays because that's a lot of work right? if I saw that I'd be like ah maybe I'll come back to it, but like mm-hmm. real, real people and real stories and it was really And that goes back to what I was saying before is like, there's so many people going through stuff that you'd have no idea. I think um, mental health, the biggest issue with mental health is how invisible it is. Yeah. Dark room, Uber eats, sad, like the shovel look. Yeah. But like the person who goes to work every single day, goes to the gym is super kind to you. um, High energy. You'd have no idea what some people go through yourself, James, myself. Right. So it's like, Always be kind because that really can uh, matter. It can make it matter. It matters. Um, So yeah, I guess it's given me a new perspective of people. No, I bet. And even throughout that experience,
2: because it makes me think about when you opened up your DMs for people to voice themselves to be heard. Did you find that going through that, reading those essays, was it hard? to do, like, did it drain you or did it kind of invigorate you to know that y'all were touching these people? Because I imagine reading through 50 stories of what people are struggling with, how did you, how were you able, that's a better way to ask the question, how did you keep your mental health in a decent place as you were looking through so much of what people were dealing with?
1: Yeah, it's well find a balance, right, man? Like, I think whether it's spending more time away from your screen that week, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's having your favorite pizza, whether it's going out for a hike. But if you're going to like do something, associate something that's out of your daily routine, that's more emotionally draining, like reading 50 essays, make sure you have something else in your schedule that's going to combat that and bring that self-love and self-care back because that 100% battery is going to drain (laughs) whether you like it or not. And you need to find a way um, whether it's a scoop of gelato or whatever it needs to be to get that battery back up, <laughs> bring it back.
0: Amen. <laughs> um, on on
2: that
1: uh, on that scoop of gelato
0: or uh, or a hike or what have you, how have you uh, seen your physical health play into
1: bettering your mental health? Bro, my physical health is probably the worst it's ever been. I haven't been to the gym in four months because of three months of like like Australia being in lockdown and now in quarantine. Um, but in terms of when my mental health was at its lowest. It was bad, man. Like I had ACL surgery and like, I wouldn't even like do my rehab, like like required rehab. I'd be like skipping. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Why am I skipping? And then I would order food because I wasn't feeling social enough to go grocery shopping. So I would eat food I shouldn't eat. And just like, I saw things snowball. So my physical health was severely impacted. Um, but when my mental health started to feel better, I didn't immediately just go to broccoli and vegan protein it wasn't like a <laughs> right it, I don't know if that's probably the best but like it was slow that like, I was noticing I was making smarter smarter decisions small things and it built back to where um I'm in a good space and I guess in terms of my diet I'm no vegan superpower like my friend savon but <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited to get back in the gym I've been doing my ACL rehab still about 18 months out and just like it's uh the physical health is the journey just like the mental health I think there. are the one in the same. Yeah,
2: no, I think both of us, uh, everybody here, can agree with that. That was very good. Good question to pull out, James.
0: Yeah, um, man, it's uh, it's interesting to see. You know, I don't think you, as an individual, Zach, since since I first met you, have necessarily changed. But I do feel, from what I can see publicly, but I do feel as though you're leaning more authentically into what you want to do on a daily basis. Um, I'm curious as to, uh, do you ever just get tired of having millions of people that follow you on social? Do you get tired of having to post consistently yeah. day in, day out? What, like, yeah, talking about like, that. Cause it's like yeah. at some point, isn't it kind of
1: like a rat race in some regards? Like if you stop, your influence goes away. It's like roulette, right? You're at the table, you're like doubling, 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 doubling. But it's like, when do you leave? Or when are you content with what you have? Um, I think that goes back to like, not trying not to chase the numbers and purpose. And if I'm doing like two videos a week where we raise $10,000 or change this person's life, like for impacting people directly, I get less caught up in the numbers of social media and know that like on the ground, like we changed these two people's lives this week. And that's helping me, that's so why I want to get more into that stuff versus what I was doing because it's less focused on like quantity and post, post, post and more on just like this is the direct impact. And hopefully the community will support that. And just like, yeah, um, that is probably the biggest thing. Um, but, yeah, I get trained from posting on social media. And I've noticed um, since I've grown on social media, like when I put out messages now that I'm verified, which is a blessing, um, people <laughs> respond quicker. Um but like in my normal life, when people don't text me back quick, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where are you at? Like, <laughs> so I think that was like maybe an ego check for me. Um, blue tick means nothing. But like in terms of social media, yeah, you burn out. <laughs> That shit's
2: hilarious, man. I wouldn't even thought about how that would impact somebody's just, you know, unread, you know, sort of vibe. But, <laughs> Why
1: the fuck am I unread right
2: now? <laughs> yeah, do you know who the fuck I am? Uh, at this point, have you had to, have you chosen to bring on staff to help you do some of these things that just on a day-to-day basis you don't really need to
1: be doing? Yeah, Um. I don't. I have a videographer who works for mm-hmm. me now that I'm in starting, starting in three days, works for me full time um but in terms of staff in terms of like that not as of right now i'm um, okay. hoping to get to that point early 2022 but no hell yeah are you looking to to work say <laughs> <laughs> oh shit not for you brother no 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 swipe <laughs> the resume across <laughs> yeah no i just asked
2: because I, I don't know at what point because i don't i don't have some colossal social media community but i see people who uh because i create courses, I I teach blockchain education, but I know that there are a lot of people even in just that lane who will get VAs. You know, I got a good buddy of mine, he's in wholesale real estate and people who in some ways, you know what everybody's doing is different, but they bring on supplemental staff, even if it's in a part-time capacity, so that they have more mental bandwidth to focus on the big, high-level picture and less on the the stuff that somebody else could execute or do. And it's just—I wasn't sure if you would already
1: make. Yeah, no, no I, I, I would. I would love to. Um, and that's maybe something I'm leaning towards in 2022. But as of right now, um, no, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. Hmm. What are you thinking, James? Right.
2: While you think, James, at this point in time where you're at right now, Zach, what would you say are your must-do daily habits, routines, and then what do you have to do every week? What do you have to do every month? Walk us through that if you wouldn't mind.
1: Uh, um, Must. Get up before 6 a.m. Haven't done that since I moved back, but it's slowly. My time is moved back day, every day, every day. Cause it's the 15 hour time difference, but Ooh. 6 a.m. Wake up is like my favorite. Like so, feel like I've woken up at a good time. Um, have breakfast. Um, That's man, that's so weird. It's like the first time I'm not in school, I don't really have a job. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't, that's kind of like the process of figuring this out is what is it? going to the gym every day or like doing something active is huge for me. Um, I need that. I've gone insane the last 11 days, but like basketball or working out or doing something like that, um, and staying hydrated, um, making sure I'm drinking more water, less coffee because it's easy to flip the switch for me. Um, yeah, and I'm just looking forward to like reconnecting with people whether it's my family and my friends or just like i said the social experiments like going on the streets and just connecting with people that gives me the most life so if i can do something where i can connect to a new person every single day that just changes me as a as a person um so i think those are important things for me (laughs) i don't have a better answer because it's my life's so different now (laughs) sorry bro
2: (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, man, no apologies. Once again, man, I'm just curious, you know, because everybody's routine is different. You know, some people, they, they flow better with no routine, you know, with wake up and let's see what I feel like we need to do. Others, you know, they need that, that regimen. I think of, uh, you know, uh, Jocko Willick, who James put me on. He gets up was at 3 a.m. and he takes a picture of us watching the woods, something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, I mean,
0: Sometime before four forty, he never wakes up earlier, or never wakes up later than four forty, and always
1: puts a picture on Twitter and Instagram every (laughs) damn day. Damn, good for him. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think like I guess in terms of goals, like so, I'm going to be filming four days a week for six hours, which is a lot of filming. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lot of filming. So so pretty much so so pretty much every other day, I will have a new shoot. Um, and obviously there's like pre-production, post-production, th- figuring out the ideas and like making things happen. So I'm going to be full on once I start this thing. Um, so I'll develop a new routine, but a new routine because it's a new light for me. So I don't know what the right answer is there, but mo- gym in the morning is most ideal and trying to stay hydrated. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so generic. That's your answer. You know how wait, I can tell, wait, tell you. wiki
2: I can tell you just got out of med school because you keep thinking about things in terms of right answer, wrong answer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, legit, bro. You lose your critical thinking skills at that
0: point. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Let's pull on this. Something that I've always associated with you is, is the phrase, you matter most. Okay, why you matter most? Why not Zach matters most? Or they matter most? Or the people in this color matter most?
1: Why the phrase, you? you is the most like individualized response you can give to someone, whether it's he, she, they, Zach, James, Savon, you. If I say you, I'm talking to you. Um, that was probably the reason why um, you matter was big. It still is big. People say you matter all the time. You matter, you matter, you matter. And all the times in the comments, like I said, don't read them. But at that time in my life, I did. People be like, no, I don't matter. Or I kind of, matter. I'm like, it's as simple as this. I was like, huh, they don't matter. How can I say more definitively? How about let's say you matter most (laughs) and you can't argue it. (laughs) And then like, that's how it really was born. I was just responding to a video. And then, I was always responding to people, you matter most, you matter most. I'm like, this is taking too long. YMM, 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 YMM. And then I was like, I'm like, this is kind of catchy. And then people got behind it. So people started getting tattoos like this. People got car stickers. Teachers were putting up signs in their classrooms. Like, that was what I mean. Like, that felt way different than a following or likes. It was like that real deep emotional connection with people I've never met. I'm like, wow, social media can be powerful and beautiful if used correctly. So that's kind of how I was born. Um, and it was very simple. Just, yeah, that's it. Have
2: you studied a lot about affirmations?
1: I was about to ask you about gratitude. (laughs) 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 I mean, like I haven't studied a lot, but I've started using, I guess, positive affirmations earlier, mid last year, and just, I guess, writing them down um physically with there's something to be said about writing something with a pencil and a paper and writing like whatever those affirmations are that maybe you struggle with or there's obviously a list you can find online but i fully believe in that the way you talk to yourself the way you write about yourself impacts you consciously subconsciously um and then the people around you now i 100 percent agree because that
2: explanation of how you arrived at the you matter most is 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 like affirmation 101 you know of, of taking the strongest language possible putting it in present tense and and making it clear and, and having a palpable feeling behind it and so the way you walked us through that it seemed very much like that was just an intuitive thing that you identified with which is why in my head I was just curious there was something you studied it all uh, yeah. because I think for some folks something in life uh, brings them to that realization that, like, oh wow, the things we say have an impact. You know, whether it be to us uh, internally, verbally, written to other people, and I think that that's part of why. And, and this is me going on a little bit of an energetic tangent, but I think that's part of why you saw the success, you see the success that you are, is because you've helped amplify something that is very deeply powerful on an energetic level. At scale and so by helping other people step into that own power it's kind of just you know that law of reciprocity in the universe kicking itself back around because not everybody with a platform such as yours sends out love some people use their platforms literally just to take shots at other people and that's how they build a platform you know which boggles my fucking mind but you know as humans i guess we like conflict so uh, just to see what one phrase you've already been able to do that with. Uh, you know, maybe maybe just know that that's, that's a route, at least from where I'm sitting vantage-wise, that I think you could you could do a lot with uh, and really open a lot of eyes even further, just leaning into that. I will. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that.
0: Zach, didn't you, uh,
1: don't you do have a music video? Aren't you on a song? Multiple songs. I am on a song. I am on a song. Song drops November fifth. You are not alone. That's the name of the jam. Um, music video. Um, James, you've seen the videos, right? Where it was like the blindfolded. If you are struggling with anxiety and depression, hug me.
0: Yeah.
1: It's that vibe mixed with Drake's God's Plan vibe. That's like the best way to describe it. So, bringing like <laughs> giving back and mental health into one with people on the street. So yeah, we have a. Uh, we have that's a, to- a whole nother world bro like just one of my friends power social media producer in states he's like zach how would you like to make a song i'm like i'm like okay (laughs) i know i had no idea he's just like let's do it i'd love to help you and so he got me in contact with the girl who sung the hook for matt one of Macklemore's biggest songs and another big rapper um and they produced it and really helped me uh make this happen so yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see what happens with that, bro. That's another example of of, of uh, another ice cream scoop.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Savon's uh, very large in the music space. Uh, no okay, kind of poke on that. You know, he's um, rapper. He's going. I mean, did audio Savon, legitimately. Like when I when you were like, oh, I don't have my mic. I'm like, doesn't fucking matter. Savon's fine. You yeah, can be outside next to the the interstate. Mm-hmm. He'll figure
1: <laughs> it out. I promise. Mm-hmm. What kind of music do you make, Savon? I have to check you out on. Yeah, are you on like Apple Music and Spotify? I imagine as well. Yeah, no, nah, for sure I am. Uh, and thank you about my
2: voice. I always tell people I had no choice in the matter, so I just kind of you know got got dealt a good hand. But best way I could kind of describe it, at least uh, the the vibe that I'm I'm the era uh, I'm in I, I, is like a combination of Hans Zimmer and 808 Mafia.
1: <laughs> That's the Quickest way to describe it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big body yeah. sound. Big buck. I'm excited to hear it tonight. I'm gonna after this, I'm gonna jam to some of it for sure. Hell yeah. No, I appreciate it. Is that. is it uh what's the plug for people who are listening right now? What's the your is your your musician name? Savon or what what's the name?
2: Savon Springer, yeah, okay. yeah. Man. I thought about doing no, nah, I didn't think of any goofy name other than Vegan Heathen. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it actually came from a song. Uh the song's not out anymore, but just Savon Springer. Okay.
1: Oh, man. I appreciate it that. Yeah, Dope. Yeah. Thanks, James. Zach, you said uh, that song drops when? Uh, November fifth. Hey, okay. Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube. I like that. I like that. Yes, sir. You, uh, you going to start your career in the music music space? Nah, I don't. I don't think the music space is my play. I'm. Well, hold trying. on,
0: hold on. Let's go abstract for a second. It could be the place because you're talking about micro content, aren't you? Why yeah. are you not? Your voice has been used over a hundred thousand times
1: across. Wow, the that, media that video got marketing. abused.
0: <laughs> yeah, your name. Yeah, your name is not associated with it. Your voice is because I literally no one that follows you put it on their story, and I sent you, and I was like, "Homie, isn't this your voice?"
1: <laughs> it was like this random guy from like Guatemala, Guatemala. Like his video.
0: <laughs> yeah, use use your voice. But what I, well, the reason why I say that is you know TikTok with with these small these jingles these things that are used. I mean, have you thought about running down the path? I mean, have you also thought about, and Savon can talk a little bit more about this, about the NFT side. Did you have an audience? There's a lot of stuff popping in the blockchain space. I'm sure Savon would just have some ideas.
1: Yeah, I would be more than willing to listen to that. Savon, if you have any thoughts on the NFT space, and if I was wanting to enter it, how would I do that?
2: I think it it would go back to what your ultimate outcome, what you'd want that to be, but uh, I'll I'll be mindful in a sense of, you know, not I can hit you directly with some of these just because we don't (laughs) want nobody biting your stuff. Basically, uh, there's a couple different ways to go about it. Some people, they'll create a piece of artwork. I think that's the most common thing that people are are familiar with. And I think that even if you literally, if you did nothing more than take the YMM, literally, if you did that, man, enough people support you. I think at that point, then tie the residual Tie a part of that into a charity, into something that you know will go forward and produce more good for people. So it could be, um, you know, a different type of scholarship. You know, maybe it's something that that funds an apprenticeship where people can go and have an exper- or experiential scholarship. Uh, But you could definitely tie that into being funded with the royalty mechanism on the back end of your NFTs. And that's something a lot of different companies are doing, or they'll literally sell the NFTs in support of charity. So you can do that a couple of different ways. Uh, You could do it with audio. You can make the NFT not just visually based, but visual and audio. You could have it associated with an experience, whether it be a call with you, a meet and greet. Uh, I mean, it. It's so wide open. It's almost like asking somebody, okay, how are you going to succeed on TikTok? Right? It's like, well, there's some tenets, but how do you want to approach it? Okay.
1: Interesting. I have to, and I've obviously seen NFT, (laughs) NFC, NFT NFT all over the internet, but I haven't really dived into it because I didn't really know what it was or how I could get involved. So if I was, I guess I'm legit a beginner, never done any research. What resources would you direct me into like find out more information or to learn more about it any youtubers or sites that you'd recommend
2: yeah so you could definitely go to openc.io or com but that's okay. one of the biggest marketplaces where they sell it and i'm pretty sure they have some informational content there uh but you can look that up you can look through gemini they have like a encyclopedia thing but honestly man if you just go on youtube you type in what is an nft and mm-hmm. you'll get a bunch of videos James okay. was talking about uh, i think 1:37 p.m. they did like a 100 page write up on it uh but basically all it is all an nft really does is it is verifiable authenticity that's all it actually is and so the the beauty behind that is people like you can then have something that anybody else will know with 100% certainty this is authentic from Zach himself. Like, this isn't a Pugazi, this isn't a rip-off. Yeah, no question it. There's no questioning it. And then you can associate programmed royalties into the back end of any resale of that nft down the road so if you issued let's just say you took a, uh, a photo of your tattoo you had somebody do like a crazy illustration of it and then you put like a dope audio behind it whether it just be instrumental or a voiceover you know something like an eric thomas type vibe where you're mm-hmm. just you know speaking life to people and you sold that right you can mint one you can mint 100, you can mint 10,000, you can mint any number you want. But once you sell out, the only ones you'll ever make are done. And then if somebody wants to sell it down the road, whenever it sells, there'll be a royalty that's taken from that. And you can set what that is. It can be 1%, it can be 10 it can be 20%. And that will automatically get sent back to the wallet from the account you created it with. And then you could use a portion of those funds to donate to charity, you can use a portion of those funds to, to build some other in, uh, endeavor that you have going forward. But in terms of what the NFT is in and of itself, literally, there's no limitation on what the NFT is. But that's what uh, NFT is, that verifiable authenticity. That's why it's so valuable. And why has that grown so fast? I think it's grown quickly because of people like you and content. Because it's hard to stop somebody from ripping you off on the internet. You know, you can literally <laughs> have a thought you. you know, <laughs> so when, when people go Legit. through experiences like that, it's like, okay, how can I, one, protect what I'm doing, but how can I also protect my, my community so that they know this is actually coming from me, this isn't coming from me. And so when people realized there was a way in which they could legitimately authenticate that at scale in a way that's verifiable on the blockchain, but then you can tie a royalty to the back end. That's when artists saw an opportunity to say, damn, you mean not only can I make sure that anything I sell is hundred percent legit, but also in perpetuity, I will get a check from this so that because I think we're just now kind of seeing us go through this next wave of a renaissance where people begin to value art again, Mm -hmm. right? And really place a premium on it. And we've Mm -hmm. seen that by people getting on YouTube, getting on TikTok, and now, you know, they've created six, seven, eight, nine figure businesses from their thoughts, from a creative pursuit. And so people recognizing that they're saying, okay, well, why don't I really get the maximum value out of my creativity? and not by necessarily charging people anymore Mm -hmm. but just by having this programmatically built in to the lineage of this thing this nft and that way people don't get charged more but i'm always going to see a representation in real time of how the world is valuing my art if people don't buy it if nobody else sells it again cool but if it continues to sell and sell for more even and that residual just comes back. So I think it's just the hybridization of that. We're in a bull market, so there's a tension on it. And you've had, you know, the right influencers jump on board. People like Gary Vee, people like Christie's Auction House. So I think it's just really kicked off this, this intrigue.
1: Okay. Nah, you seem super passionate about it. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, and I love the idea that you said how long-term this could be with the residual return. Uh, and you don't know where it can lead to. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. Because I've I have not done any research, and that was a beautiful introduction to get me excited to want to actually learn about it. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no, 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 man. Thank Happy you. to help. Happy to help. Zach,
0: what um completely unrelated to NFTs. Three top uh maybe maybe some broad strokes or even all the way down. Uh three top tips for for individuals that are t- that are on social, that maybe, they, maybe they've maybe they gone six months, nine months, 12 months, consistently posting once a day, twice a day, three times a day. They're getting no traction.
1: What do yeah. you recommend? Insanity is doing the same thing. If we finish the <laughs> sentence. Finish it. <laughs> it's same thing, expect a different result. That's my guy. Yes. So quite oftentimes, people on social media, they're putting out the quantity. They're being consistent, but they're not changing it. And my biggest piece of advice is, if I want to talk about anxiety, I need to do it in like 25 different ways. And I don't know what those ideas are. But I, I could explain to you, but like try all these things. It's about just trying as many. I'm now beating a dead horse. As many ice cream scoops, finding <laughs> a scoop that works and then digging into that until there's no ice cream left in the carton and then going to the next one. But like, I guess it's the micro pivoting of the idea, maybe replicating other creators um, that have done it and not replicating, but like using them as like a template anyone that's the other thing anyone who creates content you're never actually copying someone we're all doing we're all different human beings so our the way we actually create it is completely different so don't worry about that um if you feel like you've copied, obviously give them a, a tag um getting on trends i never do any trends so i can't really <laughs> that. um that's a really good way to like pick up quick but the issue with trends is people who follow you if you go viral from trends they follow you because of the trend not because of the content you create therefore you're not really creating a community you're just creating this like fake fake fluff sometimes um but i guess trying out new things and always trying out new features and platforms so instagram really the only way to grow on instagram right now is reels um any new features the algorithm is going to organically push Um, I'm sitting here in quarantine. I haven't been able to create content in like three weeks, but I've been posting old Instagram reels off my grid and off my feed for the last two weeks. So you can like post a reel and it won't go to your feed or go to like your grid or your post. So you know, your followers see it just goes to the explore page. And like, obviously a couple of them take off and I've gained 15,000 followers over the past like week and a half on Instagram. And no one even knows because I'm not showing it to my feet. So I think um, reels, um, whether the reels isn't the word, but like new features of new platforms, get on it early and always try to uh, try a bunch of things until you find the thing that works. Don't think it's not for me because anyone can grow on social media. Just be consistently willing to try new things.
0: Has Clubhouse done anything for you?
1: Bruh. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's the answer to your question. I've been on like, I don't know, five, six times. loved the idea. I think it's too time consuming. And I feel like people just want to talk about themselves uh, from what the, the conversations I've been a part of. And it just, it wasn't really me. I like video. Um, I like creating videos or watching videos. So it just wasn't um, my space. It's a really cool place, though, to connect with some crazy um, creators or people in your field, though. Uh, and that's the power of the internet, but like on a whole other game. What's your guys' thoughts on like Clubhouse?
2: I've never been on.
0: But.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's only for iPhone.
0: You know, they're exclusionary to Android. So they said, you know, they said, save on, you can't come until you buy an iPhone. But we've used it for, uh, we've used it once or twice for 8020. Just like, I mean, we don't have any followers on there. It's brand new. Like, didn't spend enough time on there. But we've used it to just play the, the podcast out live as we're, as we're going through thoughts. and had a few people pop on. But, eh, I mean, I, I've thought it, there's no native record feature. There's no capability to repurpose that content. seems like a lot of time for not a ton of return unless you're there in that exact moment.
1: that that's the biggest thing. A lot of time for not a large return. That was the biggest thing for me. so but to each their own, if you've found value in it, kudos and um, yeah, just not for me.
0: What's the monetary viability of, uh, of being a creator and growing to somewhere like 2 million on TikTok? And I, I don't mean specific numbers. I'm just talking about yeah. abstractions here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, monetary, man. It's n- not so much the following you create. It's, I guess, one, we've said this multiple times now, the emotional connection you create and the potential revenue streams you create. Um, so I think the follower count, isn't really tell you how much money creators make. Um, I know a lot of creators with a much smaller following who make more, much more than I do um, just because that's their, they're hyper-focusing on sales, 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 or they're just good at it. Um, or certain things that they focus on. So like anything. Um, yeah. It's different for everyone. Um, I'm trying to now like on this new path of being an entrepreneur and doing this as like a full-time career, Dipping into all the ice cream. There we go, all the ice cream <laughs> again to find the right <laughs> the right things. I'm gonna give shout out baskin Robins. if you're listening. Shout I'll out, baskin- baskin- give my boy a sponsorship. <laughs> give me, give me his consciousness. I'll, I'll try all 31 scoops. Um, <laughs> but I think that's the 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 thing is. Sort of like going in a neighborhood with like a bunch of nice mansions. You don't know who's in debt and who's not. Um, Sort of like with the following, you don't know who's making money or who's just looking like they're making money. So it's just focus on yourself and keep going. But hopefully find people along the way that can help you um, and that are true and real.
2: Do you find, and this is uh, me just trying to throw a potential idea out there for you. Have you found a lot of people in your space put together information to teach people stuff like a specific skill set because i imagine the bulk of your audience is, is there for the mental health information that you provide but yeah. i'd also imagine some people study you right they, they look yeah, yeah, at you yeah. as okay how can i reproduce
1: his success
2: in what it yeah. is i'm doing
1: yeah, yeah um in terms of like studying and reproducing i don't know i don't look at that but i know a lot of creators in the space that i'm in that have made it a full-time career to educate people shout out uh, one of my good friends from Sydney, he has an account called the Real Depression Project, and it has over, I think, 1.7 million followers. And he has courses on depression and anxiety, all online courses. And he's really smart at how he how he I guess markets it. His 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 posts on Instagram, he's solely on Instagram, um, will get anywhere between like 30 to sometimes up to 200,000 likes. And it's like those carousel posts of like eight or nine photos. And it'll be like the nine symptoms of anxiety you didn't know or someone's suicidal and you would, I don't know, but like symptoms or signs or mm. things to do or just actionable things. And then always on the last page you would be like, "Link." I'm going to word it bad, but like if you are someone that you struggle with depression, there's a link in the bio or whatever it is. And like the way he funnels people with the amount of likes, he's able to get a lot of, uh, he gives free resources away, but also um, I think you'd make a, I don't know. Shout out real depression project to um make a good good chunk of change from selling courses that help people. Um, so him and his brother um, are qualified in that space to create content, and they're making it for the masses. Um, so that is a really cool way that they do it. Um, and then there's other accounts, I think that just do more basic generic like posting of like the mental health stuff, not not in a bad way. but I mean, like just like they don't have courses. They just post like, the content that you see and yeah
2: there's no back-end objective to the post necessarily pardon with the other folks there's not necessarily a back-end
1: objective to their post no the it's just, it just solely posted for that um and that real depression project is by far i think the biggest mental health creator on on instagram um and it just so happened that he lived eight minutes away from where i did in sydney and i had no idea what but, are the odds uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, small, small world So in a
2: similar vein, have you found that there is a good or an ideal kind of ratio to just pure, this is just for the community engagement post and then posts that are intended to promote something like merchandise?
1: Mm. Yeah, man. So like, especially with mental health, there's like a fine line with like, (laughs) thinking to like, check out the new hookah that... (laughs) (laughs) Empty <laughs> motivator, hookah 15, link in bio. <laughs> like you got to be careful what you push. Um, yeah. yeah. Endorsements are big now. <laughs> endorsements are big, but like, I only want to get like moving forward, endorsements that help me get a job done. Like I want to work with these big box brands to sponsor my videos or whatever To solely every dime goes into helping this person or whatever it is. So it markets Walmart or whatever target or whatever it is of helping individuals, because I'll tell you right now, social media, nobody on social, majority of people on social media are over helping charities and organizations. People want to help people Mm -hmm. like individual level or feel like they've helped them in some sense. So if we're in that, it's all about emotional connection, right? um, finding ways to, I guess, tap into the human psyche, um, to get them empowered to want to make the change for other people. Um, so I don't want to do promos and swipe up for my affiliate link. Um, I'm trying to find ways to get brands on board with the mission to not change my life, but change others. And by doing that, it changes my life.
0: solid answer. <laughs> solid answer.
1: Good. Good. No ice cream there either. No, no ice cream,
0: but no bullshit either. I mean, you're, it's sincere. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people find a platform, find a podcast, find a potential sponsorship for somewhere and and say their one thing and they do another. Uh, I think it's, it's pretty clear by the way that you've already started to pivot on social and what you've communicated here and what you've communicated off camera too about your mission and where you're going. I mean, there's, there's something to be said you, you said, you know, awareness is cool. Awareness is great. That's maybe the first step. Acknowledgement that something exists exactly. is a great first step. But how do we take it further? Um, you know, because I, I think that there's, as a creator, I mean, and you know this better than both of us do, you've been more consistent at a higher volume for longer. Like, it's it's cool to get vanity metrics, but what is a change in the world? Like, is the world actually a better place because you're here? or Yeah.
1: You, taking up air that could be better used somewhere else. Amen. And to put things in perspective, I don't know if you guys follow Mr. Beast, uh, shout out Mr. Beast. He's like one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. Mm-hmm. I was watching one of these interviews where he talked about his first brand deal on YouTube. Um, he was offered by this app to, they're paying 5,000 bucks to create a video. Most creators would take the 5,000 cash. They would probably pocket four and use one to make the video a thousand bucks to whatever the video. And he says we need to find a way to double that to make it ten thousand because the title is going to be much more powerful. And every penny I'm going to use to help someone who's homeless. So he ended up giving someone ten thousand dollars cash to a homeless person and changed his life. The video went viral. The app got. Lots of downloads. That's not the story. But every video since then, he's always doubled and reinvested, 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 never expecting or wanting a return. And he's built this fucking powerhouse. Um, a lot of people want that short term gratification or like get my thousand dollar sponsor post or take this, take that. But where how far ahead are you going to be in six months or a year's time? Um I quit medical school, right? So like at the end of the day, like when I'm gonna be on the street in a few weeks and doing these videos, I'm gonna be like, you could have been a fucking doctor, don't bitch out. Like this is like, <laughs> this is, you made this decision, go all in, right? So like, I'm not doing this for how far can I get in 2021? I wanna see where I'll be in 2025. Um, so yeah, that's kind of um, my my thought and belief and passion on that. Hey, if you ever need a fire under that ass, boy. <laughs>
2: Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Save on.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. James, you got anything else, bro? No, oh, man. I don't I don't want to drag anything on.
0: I um I definitely think we've we've been exhausted in and uncovering um some motivations and kind of kind of where you're going. I know I'm excited to see where you're going, having a little bit more information off camera to knowing what you're doing. Um, I'm excited to see what you do, dude. I mean, this is a massive pivot. Being in medical school and pursuing being a practitioner in medicine and doing what you're doing, which is on the side, is completely different than saying bump that middle finger to regular regular life. As I was, as I was going to see it, and we're just going to see what happens over here.
1: Massive it's, crazy. Up. it's crazy when you say it like that, man. But yeah, that's that's it. That's it.
2: Let's do it. Congratulations on that, man. It's very inspiring. I can only imagine what it's like to be in your shoes and make that change. But, you know, like you said, insanity is doing the same thing, thinking we're going to get a different result. So uh, I have no doubt that whatever it is you decide to push along uh, for the next five years, next 10 years, what it looks like at 20, you're going to crush it. You're going to do great, man. And thank you for being so generous with your time. I know you had some context with James prior to this and uh, y'all, y'all graciously allow some of my music to be on the back of some of your podcasts, but you've been super, super open with us. And then and, and it's really, really appreciated just your sincerity uh, with this. Cause you know, not everybody's a straight shooter. So thank you for that. Thank you for your honesty, man.
1: And it's been beautiful. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, this is awesome. So also, Zach, I don't know. I think I mentioned this a while ago. Uh, Saymon's music, that first episode when I chopped up all the stuff of Julie Smith, that's his music. Small world. Wow, I did not know that. Yep. I'll, I'll to go back and, and listen to that. I forget the music, but I forget the episode. It's a long time yeah, ago. The, I mean, I that do. was the first episode.
0: Dude, that was the first episode of of uh, You Matter Most podcast. Oh, so, gee.
1: So, like, yeah, it was they so fun. Fun.
0: When it was still Mental
1: Health Movement podcast before all the all the stuff, or the YMM podcast before the Real AK and all that. Go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so down that memory lane, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But, uh, but
0: his uh, his music was uh, on the back end of all the YouTube videos for you know the cards at the end, and also on the uh, on the podcast on the intro for those first couple episodes, man. So
1: he's been with us at MHM for a while now. Well, I'm gonna be downloading his Apple Music tonight, so hopefully it gets me through my run that I have planned after this. Well, no, Sovereign I mean,
0: actually, I mean, hey. um, he did a live
1: performance. It's solid,
0: solid. Oh
2: solid. shit. Okay. Let's yeah, check it out. No, no, I appreciate it. I'm not trying to plug my music right now. Before we head out, man. <laughs> please, uh, I, <laughs> I
1: feel love weird. take a compliment. No, <laughs> I, like, I appreciate it. it, but yeah, like, ah, man.
2: But, um, yeah, just, um, so November 5th, we got the track releasing and then anything else you just want to leave the folks with obviously, you know, you're hitting them up other places, but any last thoughts you want to leave people with? Links we should throw in the bottom for you.
1: Yeah, um, just um, check check out Instagram, MD Motivator. Um, if you're following already, thank you so much. And some big things planned the rest of 2021. And don't forget that you matter most. Prioritize you. That's it.
2: All right, y'all. Good day, good day. We appreciate y'all joining us once again. And this is going to be a quick, simple one. We're just going to talk about some NFTs real quick. There were some interesting developments here recently in the space, in the sector. And, you know, we care about y'all. We're trying to look out for y'all. So thought it could be valuable to just put a few things in front of you so that that you may be able to take advantage of it. So the thing I was saying was interesting this past week was that I can't remember his name on top of my head, but there was some executive at OpenSea. And he was found to be buying NFTs. After he bought them, he would then get them on the front page of OpenSea, get them hyped. Then he would sell them. He did this numerous times. And so he got fired. And crypto Twitter was not kind to the man. Uh, like I said, can't remember his name on top of my head, but I thought that was interesting because... Obviously, OpenSea is one of the most dominant platforms in the space right now.
0: Well, respected from what I know, too.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just so funny because a year ago, OpenSea was so niche. You know, it's like talking to... It was just so, so not known. Yeah, and to be
0: in it, in it, to, to really know anything about OpenSea or connectivity yeah. any to anything.
2: Yeah. And so then to see this come out, immediately it just made me think back to decentralization. Of just like, okay, at the end of the day, when you have people running a company, you're always going to have some risk. Now, granted, I thought that it was, what I saw from it was, okay, cool. They're actually being honest and acknowledging that this did happen. Because how, how could you really prove it necessarily? So for them to come out openly, publicly, and then acknowledge like, yeah, we're disappointed. And we let them go. Sort of thing. Part of me was like, all right, so why would I trust anything else that's put up on OpenSea? You know, because maybe he wasn't the only one doing it. But anyhow, that was kind of just the drama in the NFT space. I finished the rapid fire. So there was that. The rival to Spotify now, it's not a one-to-one with NFTs. Well, Spotify rival. (laughs) Yeah, so basically what they're aiming to do is be a decentralized alternative to Spotify mm-hmm. where everything is happening verified on blockchain. I think it's it integrates in some way shape or form the streaming royalties mm-hmm. are paid out as well but it's a platform called Audius and TikTok Audience. actually Audius oh, Audius like Optimus Prime like yeah. Audius mm-hmm. but they partnered with TikTok about two or three weeks ago and then the price spiked like 30-40% something like that and it came back down as things tend to do but I saw an article yesterday mm-hmm. that Nas, Katy Perry, and a couple of people I can't remember all the time I invested in Audius. And so, you know, who knows how much that'll move the needle, but Nas, that if y'all don't know, he has been on a goddamn track record with his tech investments. He invested in Coinbase. He invested in, uh, I think he invested in, not Afterpay, what's the other popular one? Affirm. A firm.
0: Yeah.
2: I think he... Anyway, look up Nas's track list on angel Investors. No, it's
0: ridiculous. On Twitter, they were talking about it, about how much a few very prominent artists have made a lot of money from being early stage investors in a lot of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, word to the wise. You come up on a bag. That's the beautiful thing about crypto and blockchain. You can get into these venture investing sort of opportunities without needing to have $5 million dollars. You know, in the eyes of the uh, the regulators and the SEC, but we had that go down. Also, Doja Cat she put out an NFT uh, from a platform called One of One, and oh, that's,
0: what an interesting name.
2: Yeah, I know. I thought literally when I saw it, I was like,
0: "Yeah, we did it better. Our logo's better."
2: But she and they released it. Most of what they're doing is on the Tezos blockchain. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you got any Tezos. If y'all don't have any Tezos, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some for free from Coinbase. That's the only reason I have it. Um, it's the only reason I have it too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it's free money, man. Yeah. I'm mad at it? Whatever. I'll, I'll take your education. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it three minutes.
2: So they put out an NFT, and they had that. and Then they had something else that was in partnership
0: with. So is Tesla's is just—is it smart contract? just built on top of Ethereum?
2: No, it's its own blockchain. So basically, mm. that's like that's the category that was popping crazy so what about in Solana? August. It's a smart contract platform. So these are layer one. Completely on separated. Completely separated. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, which is funny, too, because like we talked about the other night, Solana crashed for a few hours yeah. uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. But we're seeing rivals because basically anything that is actually a product or a service mm-hmm. has to operate via smart contract. And up to this point, and still today, the vast majority of those are built on top of Ethereum. The issue being, people are not trying to pay these gas fees.
0: The gas fees are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, trying to mint anything on rareable, super rare, trying to even put a bid in on anything. Bruh. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to put in uh, 0.0025 uh-huh. ETH for this. Uh, but it's going to cost me, translate this back to dollars for a second, it's going to cost me $75 for the gas fees to bid five cents.
2: No, it's wild. It's wild. Last night I was looking to exit a position and I was looking at, okay, I was jumping between Uniswap and One Inch. Uh and one inch is just like a <laughs> it routes things back and forth. So you can put yeah. in limit orders and whatnot. The same transaction, fifty-four dollars on Uniswap on one inch, five hundred seventy dollars, it was quoting me. Now I'm not lying. Yeah,
0: nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be paying fifty-four fucking dollars, but no, you know. But if it's fifty or it's five hundred, I'm gonna take the fifty.
2: Yeah, you know I'm saying, so I think they're gonna see some success. The platforms I think they could, they, you know, just from a branding standpoint, UI, UX standpoint, it, I, I don't love it. But uh, but I think being on Tezos, so it'll do well. So we got audience. We got one of. Uh, the other thing to look out for is Royal.io. And that's from B-Low, And He's a electronic music producer. And they're not launched yet. I think their goal is to launch some Q4. He jumped Q4. heavy
0: into the NFTs, though, from the, from the onset. Bro, I he was went looking at stuff. dumb
2: on it. Yeah, man. And so he's the co-founder of this platform. Maybe he's just the founder. I don't want to take away credit from the man, but I think they're looking to, to do some sort of launch or have their product live, either Q4 or Q1 of 2022. Uh, what else? What else? And then basically just, and we spoke about this, but just the the pivot from NFTs only being able to exist on top of Ethereum to every other smart contract platform going out of its way to integrate them. So uh, a move, I put some bread in about, two or three weeks ago was ICP, Internet Computer Protocol. And I granted it's still buggy and it's still, mm-hmm. it's still, I, I'm going to use the word trash, but it's it, it's very lackluster at this moment. But they did a launch of some NFTs. So I was like, cool, everything NFT is popping. I'm going to put some bread in because it, I don't see how it could really go too much lower. It already crashed like over 80% from when it launched. So just keep your eye on that. If that starts to get more traction, start to hear more news there, that could be a play. Anthony Scaramucci, he put about his firm, Skybridge Capital. They threw about $250 million into Algorand. Uh, Algorand's also something that they can run smart contracts on, as far as I know. So watch out for NFTs there. And also, I saw that Marvel, they put out a notice that no artists are allowed to make any NFTs if you're a Marvel artist. And so then the same week I saw the NFL somebody who's in the league, whether they're a player or not, I don't know if they're a member of the NFL, they said that internally they had been sending out an edict that nobody was allowed to be involved, get any endorsement deals, do anything NFT related. And so all this screams to me is they all fitting into NFTs.
0: Yeah, you know V Friends also also uh launched Gary V launched that. I mean V Friends and all of his small drawings, I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, yeah, um, you sent it to me. There, I mean there's already money flying all over the place from that. Because mm. Gary V. even though uh, he tells, he'll tell you straight to your face, you shouldn't be, and we've talked about this before, you shouldn't be consuming all my content if you are. That's kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. But because of his his quantity and quality of what he puts out uh, with the team that's behind you know, Gary V. the personal brand, 27 people, so uh, you can imagine that if you're consuming everything, you're consuming the work of 27 people working behind the scenes. Uh, he'll even tell you to stop. Stop listening, but he does have somewhat of a cult following, so those drops of those initial all of the v friends mm-hmm. going stupid, stupid money flying around. Mm. I believe that he airdropped some some stuff to some people, mm-hmm. and then from there, uh people are starting to resell and stuff starting happening and good on him How he's monetizing it? the the uh the attention there. It's interesting we also have um somebody that we might bring on the podcast. At some time in the near future, that I was talking to about getting in the NFT space. Also, my boy, um, the used to bartend with me. He just released a uh, you know a hundred hundred photo collection. I'm interested to see the uh, the crossover of what they do with the potentially sexually explicit content though on mm-hmm. these platforms because they're not you know there's no there's no gatekeeper for people that are under 18 and technically you know international law and with with how it has to do with censorship for. Uh, nudity and what have you there's a lot of platforms big tech is very anti mm-hmm. <laughs> in some cases very anti-nudity and then yeah. in other cases car blanche do whatever you want we want the eyes uh, so i'm interested to see what happens there on the nft side but if y'all don't know what nfts are i would definitely recommend uh, i'm sure native assets has some um some public information public facing information One thirty seven p.m also has a really great breakdown that's like hundred pages of everything to do with NFTs. Not so much the tech necessarily, like the code that everything is built on, but the application and, and what that whole team thinks is going to be moving forward uh, into. Also, I know at, uh, at some point um, you know, the course that Savon's probably going to talk about here in a second that I'd actually like him to go into uh, everything, DeFi, blockchain, et cetera. Going to walk you through some stuff on, on some NFTs, but NFTs, actually, and I saw this on Mintable, you can use a credit card now on Mintable. Yeah, so that
2: is... Which is, is
0: interesting because the last time I was on there, you could only... Uh-huh. You know, they covered gas fees, and you could mint whatever you wanted, however much you wanted. I know, uh, I believe Cuban got into that and a few other people got mm, into yeah, that. But now they have a real, credit card solution in there to go ahead and purchase. I was like, oh.
2: Mass market, man. You got to make it easy. Google, they... I, I don't think they bought a part of it, but they partnered with Damper Labs. They were the ones that were behind the Flow blockchain, and
0: the NBA Top Shots. I was about to ask if that was Top Shots.
2: Yeah, yeah. so they partnered with Google, so they're going to pop. <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah, the whole onboarding process needs to be more seamless for people. And what I would say, and once again, I'm, as they say in the crypto Twitter, I'm trying to get y'all some alpha out here. There's a project called D-Race, and the ticker is D-E-R-C. And it is- Derp. Yep, Dirk. (laughs) And it is poised to be the first blockchain-based horse gambling NFT product. Oh, wow. (laughs) Interesting. So horse racing, uh, the stadiums will be NFTs. The horses are NFTs. You can place bets on these races, and and they have a a verifiably fair and transparent uh, mechanism that basically determines the – skill sets and just makes it all where, you know, most betting sites in the traditional world is always rigged. So because of how the blockchain, and this this is an oracle based thing, but you can verify randomness. And so when you actually have programmatic randomness built in, there's no real way that you can cheat that system by having the code say that, okay, still make sure the house wins. So anyhow, it's still very early on in that project and they haven't even fully launched yet. So. Yeah, and I got to shout Alex Becker, He, uh, which was funny when you sent me the high roast thing earlier this week because I've been following Alex Becker all year because uh, he pivoted super hard into crypto. But, yeah, I would just say check that out. And then there's another game, and it sounds really goofy, but it's called Snook, S-N-O-O-K. It's kind of like Snake, but it's all NFTs, and it's kind of one of those things where you got like one life. If you die, you lose it. But then to my understanding, when I looked at it a few weeks ago you can revive yourself but you got to buy yourself back and then it's just it's it's an nft based thing and so me, something that alex becker and another guy named elio trades on youtube they really made abundantly clear to me is that nfts are going to pop the absolute hardest in video games and that's yet to really happen in earnest uh, axie infinity is is one of the greatest examples of it it went from and i felt like a fucking imbecile <clears throat> because i was watching axie infinity since january and that shit was not even four dollars and that shit ran up to like 80 something dollars uh but anyhow it's just a way to kind of trying to stay ahead of some of these trends but uh but to your point about the sexually explicit content there's a platform called nafti so like nasty but nafti and they launched recently so anyhow check them out but they're 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 geared in that way. Uh, that's what come rocket that project that Elon pumped for a little while briefly. With the yeah. cummies, Yeah,
0: With the cummies, talking. Yeah, and and I don't even say anything about the sexually explicit because I'm I'm not even really talking porn. I'm more so. I'm not talking about pornographic video content. I'm more talking about even the abstract mm-hmm. um, high art because I I've seen some um some abs some abstractions of. Sexually explicit content on OpenSea, but it's very abstract, more mm-hmm. big shape than it is anatomically correct for anything. I think intentionally because of the way that their policies are set. Yeah. But where does someone that was an OnlyFans creator, you know, or a photographer of that kind of stuff, or shoots for Playboy, Maxim, or what have you, mm-hmm. where can they jump in here? I mean, we've got a we've got a homie that I don't keep up uh, as much with anymore, but shoots content that's like teeter-totters on that sexually explicit mm-hmm. it's all it's like maxim yeah it's yeah i mean the stuff looks great but it's it's interesting because i'm i'm wondering like where can you sell that and where can you not because there is no gatekeeper if it is yeah. truly decentralized there's no one like hey check this box to make sure you're 18 yeah
2: so that's where the guidelines come in. but literally nafty is a platform yeah. for it nafter is another one. I don't know if they're mm, the same company. Very
0: similar names there.
2: Yeah, because I saw Napster a few weeks ago and I almost bought some just off of like just the wave. Uh, but anyhow. Napster.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs>
2: so there are platforms that are available and, and more popping up over time, but it's still about which one's going to really gain that traction. Yeah. Uh, and I think that OnlyFans is in a really good position to make a pivot.
0: Well, you know, they just rolled back their sexually but expl- I'm pretty sure it was all just a, a sham to... They said that they were going to kick everyone off that was doing sexually explicit yeah, content, call. and they yanked it back yeah. when half of, I'm probably over half of their user base was like, "Oh hell no!" No, for sure. We literally made y'all rich. Yep. I
2: looked into that, and I put an article out on LinkedIn about it, and there's a part in the book about it, but because uh, they were squeezed in before, you know, sending it to print. But basically, they were claiming that their banking partners were going to drop them about it, uh, mm-hmm. but then they ultimately walked it back. And so then I was just reiterating to people the power of direct payments and direct transaction ability and Absolutely. to me it's a no-brainer that they should integrate digital asset payment infrastructure into their platform because there's so many different fucking ways you can do it these with auto
0: splitting i mean the same way that stripe connect does it, traditional mm-hmm. finance for transactions i mean that is essentially what the nft side but it's verifiable and it's yep. not centralized like that mm-hmm. i think that that's actually and it's not something that i even put together until i'm sitting right here in front of you that stripe connect is a traditional way to auto split payments mm-hmm. and there's other other payment processors that have that, but Stripe could say, Hey, we're not going to deal with porn. Hey, we're not going to deal with this because there's a booby out and someone that's invested in us is not going to let us do that. That owns the majority of us. Or I think it's, I think it's very interesting. There's, you know, it's kind of car blanche out here. There's all kinds of stuff going on left, right and sideways, but why not go ahead and fortify yourself from any centralized capability to take you down? like we we've seen with uh with people just open their mouth a little bit too much on Twitter mm-hmm. like I I don't think it, it's necessarily a good thing to go and your whole the whole capability of you being able to make money you know whether it be in in music and art and whatever nfts are going to go a ton of different places mm-hmm. right now they're looked at as just quote unquote faux art for some mm-hmm. and and new art and new age and whatever rip possible whatever whatever the hell you want to call it but I think it's interesting that there might be a place here where a lot of people don't necessarily need 360 deals anymore mm-hmm. to make the kind of cash that they used to make because yep. they don't need the promotion because it's not there is no gatekeeper. If you can get out there mm-hmm. and you can generate attention, whether it be through you know what you're doing, you know showing up to Met Gala with a with a bloodstained dress mm-hmm. or or whatever have you, I mean, legitimately, AOC could probably make a lot of money on the blockchain Absolutely, by man. releasing NFTs about her the ideology that she spouts all, all the time yeah,
2: man. I mean with the with the loot boxes that were pumping about a month ago literally not loot funny. boxes yeah bro and I fucked up because I saw an article about it pretty early and I just didn't pull the thread th- further because I'm like I got other shit to do like you can't jump down every
0: rabbit hole but basically but you have to in this emerging
2: no nah, I mean I've jumped on down a few rabbit holes that have been fucking blessings Um, But, you know, you can't catch every goddamn rabbit. No. And so, basically, (laughs) this dude was on Twitter, and he just made a tweet that said, uh, what else do you do on Twitter? But he said, basically, boom, here's the contract address. Go mint it. They're free. And so, when you went to the contract address, because this is something that even I wasn't aware of this uh, until DeMarco brought this to my attention, but you can go and you can mint NFTs directly from the contract. Itself, you don't have to do it through any of these platforms. You can do it straight from the contract itself. See, right? And then you can re-reference
0: it on any of these platforms because it's pulling on-chain data.
2: So when you mint it, that's when you basically bought it. Uh So you can mint it directly from the contract, and then just like you always would, it's in your wallet now. Now you can see you can then then secondary and tertiary sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you don't have to go through OpenSea or any of this other shit to get it. No, you can do that. You pay a higher fee. Uh, because of just how the smart contract is executed. But for people who want to drop like immediately, you can do it straight through the contract once it's live. So this dude put this out there and everybody went. And I think it may have been 10,000 or 7,000. Mm-hmm. But they were the squares of text. Similarly to how I was uh, ideating the Urban eloquence stuff mm-hmm. a while back. And they were just boxes of literally text. And it was almost imagine you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and it's reading out. You know when you like pick up an item on the ground and it's like Excalibur sword, um, pelt, can of peas, and it's just reading out like an RPG fashion, whatever the hell you just grab, whatever the loot drop was. Mm -hmm. That's all these boxes were. That's all these squares of text. And they put them together. And so when you met the NFT, that was the NFT. These shits were selling for 50 grand,
0: 100 grand.
2: And based on... Anyhow... It was just another interesting just just moment in real time of yo, this shit is so early. And people literally the definition of price discovery, oh, what's this fucking square of text worth? A hundred thousand. They'd be like, oh, sure, Run it. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So so it was interesting times. And uh, last thing, I feel like we're just scattershotting. You know, it's like this is a just CNN update. Yeah. And
0: I, I don't know, we're not going to add a disclaimer on what NFTs even are on the front mm-hmm. end of this, but um, can you give like a, like a 15 a real short, second, just like right? Verifiable authenticity. Okay. It verifiable
2: is. authenticity. Yeah, verifiable legitimacy. So with that being the case, another thing I would recommend if people aren't familiar with it is rally. So, Rally, they have some really big backers, really big investors, but basically, it's a platform. It's built on Ethereum right now that allows somebody to go in and it's geared towards social influencers, uh, YouTube personalities, people like that with big followings. You can go in and you can create a fan token. And so, you can go in, and create a token. And like BitCloud? But less cryptic and less statusy, um, less like clout driven. And it's more like, yeah, just come on this bitch if you want to create a token. Here's the easiest way to do it, and you can do it in a cost-effective way. Because as you know, if you don't know
0: minting NFT is fuck, like that's a barrier entry in and of itself. Extremely expensive yeah. for what you're for, for for the value that you have in that given moment. Yeah, you know, could mean that you make a lot of money on it down the road, but the, it's cost- definitely repetitive. upfront
2: costs. Yeah. And so it allows people to more easily, with a lower barrier of entry, go in create a fan token. And Portugal the man actually went and did this recently. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my homeboy, uh, the drummer, about potentially doing this. Mm -hmm. He's working on some loot packs and shit. And, yeah, it's just there's a lot of different horses out here in the race. And also, too, Rally, they have a token. So, you know, not financial advice. I don't know. Maybe it'll pop. Coinbase is invested in them. Who the fuck knows? But uh, yeah, so is DYDX not NFT related? But DYDX, man, I'm gonna just say that. I'll just say that. Yeah. So well, cool.
0: Well, we'll probably wrap right. there. But uh, that's just kind of a scatter shot on on NFTs and and what to look out for. It's not just Ethereum out here anymore. It's not just the the platforms that. It's not just Rareble, Super Rare, mm-hmm. and OpenSea.
2: Yeah.
0: There's plenty of others. Mintable exists. You can buy all kinds of things with credit cards mm-hmm. now as well. So oh, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at with that. Uh, you all be on the lookout for native assets to be dropping a slew of things that will uh, suit your fancy if you'd like to jump into the blockchain, the crypto, or understand more about DeFi. Uh, it is important to note that none of the, Any of this is financial advice, uh, and we are not liable for quite literally anything. But if you do want a centralized place where all the information over years and years has been put into application, not just in theory land, you spicy boys – um, you can find it at NativeAssets. Uh, is it .co? Is it .com? Is it .co.
2: .io? .com was too expensive. It was cost prohibitive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> NativeAssets.co. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, Native Assets on Twitter, Native Assets on Instagram, also on LinkedIn uh, for any of you that are sitting in an office. And uh, we appreciate y'all coming out and uh, listening to this kind of scattershot on NFTs. I believe that we will probably jump into more crypto and more... Yeah. Um, Time-sensitive information around uh, decentralized finance and, and what have you there um, in the future because it's top of mind for both of us. So
2: yeah, I think it makes sense. And so thank you for um, for putting it out that. I recognize I never really go too too specifically, so I'll uh, I'll just finish that thought. Basically, we got we got two offerings. We have the course, or the mm-hmm. seminar, as I like to refer to, because I think course is just it doesn't really do it justice. But we have that, and then we also have the blockchain blueprint book. That, uh, that we're very, very near to finishing the, the final edit on and sending that to print. And, you know, I was structuring the program uh, one way before, but then I realized I want to get this into as many hands as humanly fucking possible. So it, for the less than p- the price of a PlayStation 5, you can get all this game and everything from the technical side of it. We get into the nitty-gritty, the low level. We get to the executive view high level level decentralized finance, how to set up passive income streams, uh, high yield, how to uh, get leverage in the space, investing, technical analysis, trading, how to minimize your tax liabilities. We cover it very, very thoroughly in in great detail uh, as well. We have assessments in there. And basically the the way it's set up is it rolls out over a 21-day period. So within 21 days, you can gain basically all the damn knowledge I've, I've, I've built up over the years about it and the knowledge of other people who I've had as mentors as well. And as James said, stuff we actually put into practical application uh, with that, not just sat on it, it's theoretical. So go check it out, go visit it. I know it'll be very, very helpful for you, but we have that. And then we have the book as well for uh, for folks who just want to jump in that way. But if you have the time and you're serious about it, I would highly recommend you opt for the course, but the book is great too. It's not everything, but it's a good starter starting place. It's a good, place yeah. And you can
0: uh, feel free to jump into my DMs, feel free to jump into his DMs, feel free to shoot me a text if you have my number. If you don't, sorry, you're not getting it. Um, but yeah, get in touch with us one way or another. Um, I do not work for Native Assets, but I have gone through the whole course, um, and I can give you basically a high level high-level view of what game you're actually going to get out of here, and uh, I don't stand to to gain monetarily. So, um, you know, if it's something you're into, let's talk. If it's something you want me to connect you with him, let's talk. Either way, we appreciate y'all listening today to this episode. It is not our usual format. It's just pop, 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 pop. But we thought it prudent uh, with the direction that everything that – with the direction that everything in the NFT space is going, Uh, we need to condense a lot of information into one one episode. So thank you all for coming out. Thank you all. Peace.